0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Play Sheet Podcast. I have my microphone back. I'm back in central London, away from farm life. Joe, it's good to be back recording properly with you again.
1: It's great to have you here, Charles. And I thought that you could possibly miss this episode for a COVID-related injury. So straight into it. One of the biggest stories from last week, Antonio Brown. What's your take on it?
0: Uh, Well, so I am a Brown holder in fantasy. I was quite furious about how that went down, to be honest. But putting my kind of fantasy biases aside, it's lunacy. I understand that what is probably driving Brown's frustration in that moment is the incentivized uh, bonuses he's due to receive. But by the time he walked off, there were still like six quarters left for him to achieve that. He was still, he'd still already seen, what was it, five targets by the point that he stormed off? Chill out, dude. But unfortunately, this is the behaviour...
1: But hadn't he said that he was too injured to go into the game? Because this was like people's first take on it, that uh, maybe he wasn't getting the ball, he was annoyed that he wasn't going to get his incentives. But didn't he tell Bruce Arians that he was too injured to go in the game and refused to go in the game twice before Arians basically told him to sling his hook.
0: Uh, well, this is the problem, right? And I don't know if you'll ever get to the bottom of it, but it just seems that if that was the case, why would Arians just drop him after the game? What? Because an injured player said he didn't want to go on the pitch? I don't...
1: He didn't seem very injured when he was doing his little cheerleader routine this in the zone. This is the, the thing, zone. yeah. So let's say, so look, if he was injured and he couldn't go in the game, he, he wouldn't have been able to, you know, run around waving his arms like he did. Uh, He refused to go in the game when, for all intents and purposes, he appeared to be fit enough to go in the game. You refuse to play, you get cut. And that happened. But uh, I think away from reasons, away away from logic, are, are we seeing CTE in action because he didn't behave normally. He didn't behave like a healthy, a mentally healthy uh, sports star should behave. No,
0: but then this is behavior that we've seen from Brown through most of his career. I, I'm not following on from some of those huge birth Yeah, absolutely. Whether that had an effect or not, it could have very possibly had an effect. But either way, he does have behavioral issues and to be honest i thought brady's uh, response after the game was was probably the right one he just said look the guy needs help and I, you can't help but look at that performance that we saw at the weekend and think that because if he's injured what's he dancing around for if he's not injured and he's annoyed about potentially missing out on his incentives why is he swinging his top around either way that behavior was odd and out there and it's behavior that we've seen repeated time and time again by Brown. I think he does need some sort of help. Do you think it gets picked up by another team? Yeah, do you know what? I did think that. And I've seen, on, well, yeah, go well, on. It's not the place you want to go if you want to survive for long though, is it? But I've seen on Twitter and stuff like that. Everyone's going, oh, his career's over, his career's over. I just don't believe it. You know, he, he is still a football talent and I think there will be teams out there that are desperate enough to put up with his behavioral issues for the season or season and a half game that they might get from having him on the team and hauling in touchdowns.
1: Yeah, he's burnt a lot of bridges, though. He'll never play in Pittsburgh. He'll never play in New England. He'll never play in Tampa Bay. He'll never play in Las Vegas. Those are teams he can't go to. You'd probably write off a lot of teams that just wouldn't touch him because of the mentality of the coach, because of the principles of a the team. They're risk-averse and wouldn't go for a player like that. There's probably not a big pool of teams left for him to go to. Whether he can get a contract, look, he's, he's not the Antonio Brown of 2013, number one wide receiver in the league. He's not that anymore. But I think he did prove at Tampa Bay that he can play a part when called upon. I don't know. I'm, I'm really in two minds. If a team was desperate... And I'm saying more desperate than what the Cowboys are now. Like the Cowboys don't have Gallup. They're going to lose him for their playoff run. But if a team was, you know, two or three wide receivers down and, and this was near the start of a season, possibly. But I think that we won't be seeing Antonio Brown play football for a while yet. I think he's got some things to deal with. And I think that should probably be left outside of the public sphere.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I mean, the the person that I always keep coming back to is thinking, how many shots did Flash Gordon get? You know, how many times did he get brought back with the, the knowing problems that he had with substance abuse and other things? I just don't think that this is a big enough a problem for, like you said, maybe some more desperate teams to reach out to.
1: It's slightly different, though, isn't it? Because Gordon was substance abuse and he was self-destructive, but he wasn't. To kind of use it, the mentality of a classroom, Gordon was just at the back smoking dope, whereas Antonio Brown's at the front being disruptive to the teacher. And that's a different kind of dynamic there. Antonio Brown disrupts the whole team where he is, whereas Josh Gordon was just dealing with those personal problems. I'm I'm not sure if the comparison is exactly the same.
0: No, true. I I think that's a really, really good point. I suppose I was thinking more with you always knew that, you know, Gordon's time was coming, whereas with Antonio Brown... He can stay quiet for a season and a half or two seasons before he explodes. Like I always felt like you could get more use out of Brown if he was on your team for a period. Unlike Flash Gordon, where you were getting half a season to a season max.
1: Well, I'm sure we'll see how it plays out. Wash his space. Let's see if he does get picked up in the offseason. Moving on now. So more positive, more football related at Bengals versus Kansas. What a great game. What a showcase. Joe Burrow, if he hadn't done it already, he really is showing that he belongs up there.
0: Absolutely. It was an awesome performance from the Bengals. It was so close. It, the game had everything you wanted. It was fantastic to watch. The thing is, we've seen this Burrow-Chase connection and we've spoken about how good the Bengals can be on their day. But... They still, to me, don't strike me as the consistent team that maybe is required to win a Super Bowl. You know, they've beaten...
1: Who is consistent
0: this year? Yeah, well, no, you're absolutely right. Going into this game, I'd have said the most informed team was the Chiefs. And, you know, here they are losing to the Bengals narrowly. So you're right. Consistency is, is something that's very hard to find this season. But I just, despite the dominant performance from the Bengals, I think... There have been too many surprises this season to for me to feel confident about them going into the playoffs.
1: I still have concerns about their O line really. I think that the O line can crumble in certain games. I feel that in terms of a offensive unit, you know when Joe Mixon is healthy, and that's a huge big if as well. Joe Mixon is down too much. When Joe Mixon is healthy and they have their you know core wide receivers available, I think that's a, a really solid outfit that they've got there. The O-line lets them down at times. I think the defense is getting better all the time with this team. But like you say, it's, it's consistency in coaching. It's consistency in getting their game 100% week in, week out. But look, it's a very statement thing to do, to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, who is the blue-ribbon quarterback in many ways over the last few years. Two Super Bowl appearances, records broken, You know everything that he does. To go toe-to-toe with him and outscore him, It's a big thing for Joe Burrow to go and do and to announce like, you know, he belongs up there. One other thing to kind of touch on here as well. We like to call our wins, but we've got to call a big L here, Charles. How wrong were we about Jamar Chase?
0: Oh, man, it's chalk and cheese night and day. I mean, the guy came out of preseason saying it's real tricky to catch the ball when I can't see a white stripe on it. (laughs) And suddenly now he is plucking touchdowns out of thin air. It's Actually, awesome to see this partnership between the two of them. And the really exciting thing for the Bengals is they're both so young. Burrows in his second year, Jamal Chase is in his first year. The Bengals have those two locked in on rookie contracts for a while.
1: Yeah, and you know, I stick my hands up here. I was wrong on basically every angle about Chase. Uh, I said about the Bengals probably shouldn't have drafted him, I said they should have drafted Sewell. Wrong. He's been perfectly fine for the Lions, but uh, the right pick really was chase uh, about chase and Burrow connection there i underestimated it i thought that it. it wouldn't be the same in the nfl as it was in college wrong they have absolutely been on fire and it's everything that chase does as well because you know you see Burrow throwing the ball but he's running the right routes he's doing that right kind of first of all he's getting open but when he's getting the ball what he's doing after the catch he's mixing speed mixing elusiveness He's in his rookie year, but he's doing things that no one else in the league is doing. There's people who do certain kind of aspects as well as him. Your Jeffersons and Devante Adams, they run routes as well as him. Do they have that after catch? Maybe not. Chase is looking really good. It probably should be him who's offensive rookie of the year. But as we talked about with the level of complexity that quarterbacks deal with, you still got to think that Mac Jones is in the conversation. I feel like Chase probably will get it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mac Jones gets it instead. So yeah, so um, sometimes you, you've got to put your hands up, Charles, and say, we were wrong we on about one. But I, I've never seen a dichotomy, a, a switch, from someone playing so poorly in a preseason to playing so well in a rig season. Never seen that. Uh, it would change my thinking when I evaluate players in the preseason from now on, I promise you that. I,
0: I suppose if there's any silver lining for this, Joe, it does at least back up our claim that preseason don't mean nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> preseason don't mean a thing.
0: So, we've talked about the Bengals and the Burrow-Chase connection there. Kansas City, I mean, from my point of view, still a very impressive performance. I don't think Kansas played badly. I just think the Bengals were on fire. Do you disagree? Is there anything that you saw in the Kansas City Chiefs performance that you thought they could maybe tweak that before they get to the playoffs?
1: Every team has weaknesses. Every team has flaws. There isn't a complete team in the National Football League this season. There really isn't. And with Kansas City, it pops up every few games now. The defense isn't always there. When the defense fixed itself for a few games, when they kind of clicked and got things going, that's when they kind of went on their streak and and kind of turned around their bad start. But teams, again, are counter-adjusting to that. And there's ways to get through this Kansas defense. Don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from the performance of Chase and of Joe Burrow, but you look at one of those touchdowns that Chase scored, like, I mean, uh, what was it, about 60-odd yards, and there were probably five defensive backs like around him. Like, I think they were in nickel. One might have been a linebacker, I'm not sure. But either way, tackles missed, the players losing assignments, coverage being blown. This has crept into the Chiefs game more and more, in the latter half of the season and that's why they're more vulnerable than they have been any time during the last two to three years so look defense i think needs to still be looked at needs to still be addressed and teams just have to go in with a mentality of yeah we'll try to slow mahomes down but actually this is a team that we can probably actually maybe even score more on now and that's a slightly different dynamic to it kind of being the case of you're never gonna outscore patrick mahomes well actually the defense is bad enough now that you
0: potentially could. Yeah, that's a really good point because we talked about last season quite a bit how you beat this Kansas City Chiefs team, which was keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand, run down the clock, and now there's different avenues open to beating this team, isn't there, which makes them a little bit more vulnerable than they were last season.
1: That's right, and then when you combine that with the way you did beat them last season of, you know, it's just that heavy D-line, getting in his face, stopping him from doing anything, giving him no time on the ball, you mix that in with the potential to score points against them. They're a beatable side. And, and you know, they're still a good side. They're still a good side and there's no teams which are perfect teams. There's there's definitely no complete teams out there. So could Kansas go and win the whole thing? Absolutely they could. Could they make it to Super Bowl? Very much so. But they're not to be I think feared perhaps like they were last season.
0: So then another team that certainly isn't feared at the moment. Let's talk briefly about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, poor old Trevor Lawrence, who, I mean, it's not the breakout season people were hoping for, right?
1: It's looking really rough. It's disappointing, really. From someone I'd consider myself kind of relatively neutral when I talk about the Jags. As a Vikings fan, they're in a different conference, no rivalries there. So don't have to play Trevor Lawrence all that much once every four years. You want to see him kind of do well. You want the best players. You want the next Herbert coming through every single year. You want that guy... Lawrence has played really, really badly. I think that over the weekend... Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm just pulling this stat out. I think that he scored his first touchdown in nine games. Nine games. He hadn't thrown a touchdown pass.
0: Yeah, well, this is the thing. Uh, James Robinson has been pretty much one of the few bright sparks from that Jacksonville team. And that is such a surprise considering Lawrence is playing there. I mean, we did say at the start of the season that he doesn't really have the best targets to throw to and that O-line isn't there to protect him. But this goes beyond that now. I mean, he... It goes
1: beyond that. Yeah. It's decision-making. Some of the the passes that he was making, like, you wouldn't make those passes in a college game. If someone, you know, has triple coverage or if someone is covered on both levels there, don't throw them a ball. He was making stupid, stupid mental mistakes. And that's concerning. Because it just shows that he's made no progress in the last year. It's, It's been a wasted year for him. Has he developed at all as a quarterback? I'd probably say no. The evidence says no. He might say something different. He might say that he's learning. He might say that he's getting up to speed with a professional game. He might say those things. But you watch what's in front of you. You watch what's on the field. And he does not look the player we thought he was coming into the league. Now, there's time to fix it. There's time to sort it out. But he really needs the right coaching staff around him. And he needs a quarterback coach uh, and offensive coordinator who can who can put him on the right track again.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I use this word quite a bit, but his play in the latter weeks has kind of screamed of desperation a little bit in, in that we talk about those poor decisions that he's making. It's almost like he's he just doesn't know what to do next. And so he he's thinking... Maybe I'll just try a hero ball. You know, it's weird behavior and weird decisions that we're seeing. And it just comes from somebody that looks like he's got absolutely zero confidence. I mean, every time it pans to him on the bench uh, with his long hair there, he looks like a kicked puppy. He looks sad and upset. And it's it's horrible to witness because, like you say, you just want to see the guy do good. You want to see the top talent out there. And I feel that everything, all this buzz around him coming up through college, the potential looked like it was there, but I think I think worse than we're not seeing him progress. I think arguably we might be seeing a bit of regression here because that's he it. Yeah. doesn't have the right people around him. You know, whether that is coaching staff helping him or whether that's GM and management bringing in the right people. But right now, he looks like a lost sheep out there.
1: Absolutely, and and look, I think he just needs this season to come and end. It has been a car crash, really. Has he been the worst of the first-round quarterbacks? I think you could make a case that he has been. I I think he has, yeah. Clearly, Mac Jones has been better. I think Fields has shown more. Fields hasn't particularly impressed me, but I think he's shown more than Trevor Lawrence has. I think that Zach Wilson Wilson, uh, hasn't been great, but when he has lit up a couple of games, he's looked better than Trevor Lawrence. And then even Trey Lance, who's only started uh, two games... Trey Lance showed more on Sunday than I think Trevor Lawrence has all season. It's really, really messy. I think that, thankfully, with Urban Meyer gone, he can kind of write this season off. He can compartmentalise this because there are mitigating circumstances and there's reasons why his performance would be this bad. But he's just got to move on from this year and start and basically take next season as a new kind of rookie year.
0: Yeah, so looking ahead then why don't we dive into our previews and let's talk about the game that we're probably all going to be watching which is Chargers Raiders because that game has implications
1: huge implications it's the biggest game of the week it's basically the first playoff game because it's win and stay in lose and go out that's as simple as it is you have to win this game
0: how are the Raiders here Joe like how are the Raiders still in this
1: just before I answer that, I, I just want to correct myself. Technically, they could draw this team if the Colts lose to the Jags, but we know that ain't happening. So it is winning you're in, losing you're out. Uh, how are the Raiders here, Charles? Uh, Every time they look like they've absolutely imploded, they just pull out a surprise win. They probably shouldn't be here, really. But, you know, they've made the most of the opportunities. I, I think that Derek Carr isn't getting the respect he should do for this season. You know, stats are one thing, and stats are stats, but statistically he's having a great season. I think that he has the second most passing yards in the league. I've not got any stats in front of me, but I think he has. I think it's only Brady, in fact, who's thrown for more yards than Carr has. When you look at the carnage around him and everything that's going on with this organization, I think a lot of respect has to be given to Carr.
0: I'll have to join you in that, Joe, because I was one of Carr's biggest naysayers last season. I went in on him a few times, said I didn't think he had what it took. But this season, he's impressed me, despite the fact that, you know, they've not been consistent. As you said, they've had to battle a lot as a team. And I think Carr has always tried to lead from the front. And I think he's done a very commendable job this season. And as a result, they're in the playoff hunt.
1: And I think that cause he's taken away the elements of his game which were making him a liability from the last couple of years. You know, he had a propensity to throw stupid balls, go for the kind of killer James Winston pass, kind of every now and again, just lose his head a little bit. I think he's played with a lot of maturity this season. Yeah, turnovers have been right down, ball security up, and he's not perhaps had the highlight show reel number of passes that you get from some kind of quarterbacks you know the uh, 60 70 yard bombs week in week out he's not been doing that but he's been efficient with what he has been doing and not like i said not enough people i think are giving car his due but one word answer really for why the raiders are where they are i think a lot of it is car
0: yeah and then i i'd suppose you look at the Chargers and they're almost the kind of inverse of that in that they had a lot of promise coming into this season Herbert won Offensive Rookie of the Year last season. A lot of hopes. They look like they'd fixed up their defence and their special teams a little bit towards the start of the season, but they've maybe not flown quite as highly as we thought they might when they started the season. What's let them down a bit? This is a lot more nuanced.
1: There's a lot of smaller reasons. I, I, I don't put much of it on Herbert at all. I think that Herbert has done more than you should expect for a sophomore player, I think Herbert, for the most part, has been fine. Uh, there's, it's lots of small things. Again, I don't know, stats in front of me, but if you look at the number of drops just from the eye test, the number of balls that I've seen dropped by Keenan Allen and Mike Williams seems to be extremely high, and particularly on third down as well. I've seen those guys dropping a lot of balls. Sure, they catch a lot of balls. It's that kind of, you know, offense. But... Seen a lot of drops there. That's one thing. The defence. Defence gives up big plays too often. They give up too much. The defence, I think, is still a season removed, a couple of players removed from being a proper championship defence or being, you know, at that level where they should be playing for championships. There's still been a few kind of coaching calls that you might kind of question. You know, nowhere near as many as last season, but a couple you think, yeah, was that the right thing there? It's not a singular kind of answer that you that you, that you can kind of put on it. But um, let's not take things away here, Charles. You're saying what's kind of gone wrong. They're still going to end up 10-7 if they beat the Raiders, which is a pretty good record. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they've had a Mare. They'll end up 10-7. They'll be in the playoffs and they'll have every kind of chance. So I don't want to put a kind of negative spin on this Chargers team. I think there's things that need to be fixed. There's probably reasons why they may not make it all the way, but let's not rub them off and let's not let's not kind of be too hard on them Just yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. By no means writing them off, I suppose. uh, It's really just at the beginning of the season, they looked like they were flying high, they were beating the Chiefs, they were coming away with some really impressive performances, and then here we are, you know, right near the end of the season, and they're fighting for that playoff spot, which I suppose wasn't where I saw them ending up after such a strong start, but competitive division, and here we are. Here we are. So moving on to a team that I love to talk about, let's talk green bay then because they've made the playoffs and i suppose the question for them is do they sit the starters or not i mean i've got a very strong opinion on this joe what's yours
1: well let's hear it i am I- curious to hear your
0: opinion my opinion is steak and chips and green bay and rest and losing the game that they come out afterwards they go hand in hand start of the season. Absolutely got bombed out by New Orleans Saints. Seemingly every week after a bye week, we go and get battered. I just don't think we're a team that do brilliantly with a lot of rest. And if you sit the starters this week, you're giving them three weeks of no game time. I appreciate that Aaron Rodgers has a dodgy toe and he could do with a bit of rest. But I think you've got a, a, quite a few players that are potentially coming back from injury as well. I'm thinking players like Gary might be back in the team who, you know, haven't been involved in football for weeks and weeks now. And I think it would help to just give them a bit of a feel of that before they go straight into playoff football. And with the one seed, you know, missing the wild card game as well. So, my view start them for the first two quarters. If the game isn't getting out of hand, then drop them and bring on the backups.
1: Yeah, I see that argument, Charles. But the Detroit Lions aren't going to be treating this like uh, we're running the starters out for a couple of quarters, like a preseason game. The Detroit Lions are going to be playing this like a proper game. Oh, yeah, they will. And there's going to be players on that Detroit Lions team who, you know, they might just be having a look at because the season's basically finished. So they'll be taking a look at a few players, players who might only be making a name for themselves. What would happen if... Aaron Rodgers got his toe stomped on, and that was it for him. What would happen if Devante Adams pulled up, hamstrings done? You know, what would happen if something like this happened in this game, which it could do? Uh, is it a risk that's worth taking just for a intangible concept like rust?
0: just don't know how intangible it is for the Packers.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, but let's, let's, let's look at this a bit kind of critically. There's that whole thing about the preseason, and that kind of stuff, but that wasn't just like one week they were off when they lost to the Saints in game one. Like, Rodgers basically didn't train during the preseason and then just came into a game and they got slaughtered. And there were a lot of starters who just hadn't done anything for the whole preseason. It it wasn't like they just missed a week; they'd just been doing nothing since the previous January. We're well, not doing nothing but not playing competitive games since the previous January. So uh, that first one, I'm not I'm not sure if that's just like one week after the bye week. They actually won this season. They had a bye week, and then they came back and actually put up 45 points. It was only against the Bears, and Rogers owns the Bears allegedly. So. They still won after the bye week this season. I'll say, had this game been in Green Bay, I would be a lot more stronger in my opinion. that you've got to rest these guys. I don't. I wouldn't see the point of putting out starters in sub-zero conditions, just a beat down on a weak Detroit team.
0: Mind you, Detroit is not a million miles away.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's in a dome, isn't it?
0: True, inside arena. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you don't have those issues. Uh, I say, look, you can talk about the concepts of rust and not being ready and not being prepped and all those kind of things. You, you can talk about them. They're going to have the, the the bye week, so they're going to have a week off anyway. It's whether kind of two weeks is too much. I don't know. Well, it'll be it'll be
0: three if they sit this game.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Two weeks off, so it would be two weeks off if they sat this game, um, and then three weeks later playing the game. I don't know, Charles. I. I think it's one of these things where if you play players for a quarter and they don't come out rusty, then, then it looks like a good idea. But if a single starter gets injured and is out, then it suddenly looks a very stupid thing to go and do. I, I'm not sure already. There's no right answer here, but I don't have an opinion as strong as yours. So there you go.
0: Okay. And then uh, finally, let's take a little look at Saints and 49ers then in uh, who's taking the final NFC playoff spot.
1: Yeah, so Saints are playing the Falcons, 49ers are playing the Rams. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints could sneak in here. Now, for the Saints to get in, the Saints have to win and the 49ers have to lose. Whereas for the 49ers, they either have to win or the Saints have to lose for them. It's not going to be an easy game against the Rams for the 49ers. We don't know what the situation is at quarterback. It's going to be a little bit different for Trey Lance playing against this Rams team. It's going to be a much tougher game for him to uh, navigate if he does indeed start. I can see the Saints sneaking in here, which I think is an abomination really, because this is a a terrible Saints side, really. But I think that the 49ers lose this.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one. I I agree with you. It certainly looks on paper like the Saints could sneak this and it feels like a travesty if they do, because as you pointed out, they are not a good team at the moment. Uh, But saying that, I do think that, uh, I don't know if Stafford, we talked about needing to adjust and teams adjusting to you. Stafford is the most intercepted quarterback in the NFL at the moment right now, I think, this season. He's feels like he's being a little bit found out by teams and again this kind of singular connection with cooper cup that if teams can double down and lock him up stafford seems to look like he's struggling a lot more and i just wonder with the kind of defense that the 49ers can pull out the back, whether this is an upset that they could help instigate but we were saying this
1: at the start of the season. Stafford has always been like this. He was just massively, massively overhyped coming into this season. You like listen to all the talking heads and the pundits and you'd think that uh, Matt Stafford was Aaron, I'm hard, Tom, Brady, Montana. He, he, was, he was just massively overhyped. And yes, he's capable of being a good quarterback on his day. Uh, yes, he's played well in some games this season. But I mean, throughout his career, All right, he's been playing for the Lions for most of that. But throughout his career, he's been someone who's been on the verge of being a top 10 quarterback. Like, if you had to pick the top 10 quarterbacks who you'd want starting for your team, Stafford might creep in. But but he's never been a top five guy. And people were literally talking like he was the number one quarterback in the league. And this is part of his game. He, he He forces the ball. He tries to get it into holes that he shouldn't do. He underestimates DBs. And this has always been part of a game that he plays. So in terms of him being found out, I'm not sure. I'm th- I think it's more of a return to form. And, and and look, the Rams haven't fully been clicking since midseason, since they made some very high-level acquisitions. There's probably a lot to that. But where we are, where we are in the business end of the season, I think they need to get their game on and I think they probably will beat this 49ers team. Because I just I, I think across the board generally, they are a better team. 49ers... Still questions in the secondary for me but there's just not enough there. The players they have in the secondary are either kind of past it or not good enough for this level. I think that if you're relying on Trey Lance, a lot of upside there. But it's a lot to ask in a second start to beat a Rams team who are going to be wanting to get some momentum before a playoff run.
0: Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think, you know, if we were being logical about this, we'd both pick the Saints to come away with this over the 49ers. And hey, what's the... Playoffs without seeing the Saints' hopes dashed at the beginning.
1: Yeah, well, in this time, though, they will go out probably in the wild card round, and deservedly so, rather than in previous years where people thought they might go all the way. But absolutely, it wouldn't be the playoffs without the Saints getting smashed.
0: No. So talking about the playoffs, then we'll be running our bracket competition. So we'll release details of that on our social media and we'll talk about it in a bit more detail next week so that you can get involved. And again, we'll run the same competition opportunity to get a branded mug and to come onto the show next season and give us your views on your team and what you're looking forward to and this time we have mugs in stock so you won't have to wait until
1: september to get your price <laughs> this you is do true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then also something to watch out for joe i believe you're going to be running a series of videos at the end of the season which just looks at maybe some of those middle teams that are kind of stuck in between rebuild and success and taking a look at what options they have moving forward and where they could look to next
1: That's right. It's the Crossroads teams, which I think are the most interesting teams out there. People know that the Jags suck and that they have to sort things out across the board. It doesn't take a college coach like Urban Meyer to work that one out. But for teams like the Steelers, for teams like the Browns, for teams like the Vikings who are neither good nor bad, who are at that kind of crossroads of stick or twist, working out the options for them next and working out where they go, particularly with complicated personnel choices, uh, questions over quarterbacking next season, all of that kind of thing. Uh, I'll be running a short series of videos looking at those teams. I've mentioned a few teams there, but if there's any teams that any of you are interested in hearing a view on, give us a shout and I'm sure we can pull something together
0: joe it's been a pleasure as always and uh, we look forward to hearing from our listeners and chatting next week
1: look forward to it catch you then